When you really stop to think about it, there are just so many reasons to be afraid. Ghosts, demons, ghouls, golems, Dainese, Rakkush, Kakkush, Shakchudni, Jin. The list goes on and on. In this episode, we'll give you one more reason to be afraid to go to sleep tonight. So put on your headphones and settle in as we take you on a journey into the paranormal. Where there's only one question that matters. Are we scared yet? When I was a boy, uh, around six years old, we lived in a large house. It was the largest and oldest in our village. We had a yard that stretched on further than I could run, and our pond felt more like a lake to my young eyes. In the middle of the pond, there was this island, and it was entirely covered by the shade of this humongous tree that grew at its center. Only one raised path, this tall, skinny, you know, triangular dirt mound, led across the pond to the island, and I liked to play in the cool shadow that it cast. My grandfather had bought the property several decades ago from a Hindu family. Over the years, he was able to maintain the house and the property without making any major alterations, but eventually the day came when my youngest uncle was ready to be married. He needed a place to start his family, so as is customary, when my grandfather died uh, the year prior, my father and all of his brothers had inherited the property equally. My father, as the eldest son, became the head of the household, which is why we remained in my grandfather's house. Um, So after some discussion, it was decided that my uncle would build his new house on the island and the pond would be filled in. Um, I was sad that they were going to have to chop down my favorite tree, I remember. But um, more than anything, I was excited by this prospect of new cousins to play with right next door. Um, You know, but uh, as, as talk of the tree cutting and pond filling progressed, my father told my mother one morning that he'd started having these strange dreams. Nightmares, really. Um, In the dreams, he would wake with a start. He said he was lying in the center of the narrow pathway that crosses the pond, and then he would feel something pierce his back, lift him to his feet, and drag him in lurching steps toward the center of the island. He said he felt like a fish being dragged to his death. He described the feeling of the cool metal as it probed his skin and stuck into the soft flesh of his back just beneath the shoulder blade. In the dream, He said the tree stood above him and it felt ominous. There were two figures, a man and a woman, and they hung spinning from its branches. 
They stared down at him with pure white eyes and they told my father not to cut down the tree. Whatever he did, he could not cut down the tree. At first, my father scoffed at the dreams. Anyone would probably. Um, he proceeded to make the arrangements for laborers to come and complete the work. But then the dream began to come every night, sometimes more than once a night. He was so shaken by the dreams and he was hardly sleeping. It was starting to wear on him and even I could see it. He looked pale, thin, with dark bags rimming his eyes. He would walk around the house muttering things that none of us could understand or wanted to understand. One week before the cutting, he said the dream changed. The hanging man and woman added an open threat to their pleas. If this tree is unearthed, so too will your family be severed from the earth. The morning of the cutting, father had to be subdued and locked in his bedroom to keep him from interfering. He was raving. His eyes were rolling wildly in his head, frothy spittle rimming the corners of his mouth. Don't do it, he screamed. We can make room in the rice field. Mother tried to soothe him, but it was no use. Nobody took him seriously. When the first of the tree's limbs was cut free, it bled. No, it didn't bleed red blood. It was, no, it was white sap, but it oozed from the severed limb and it smelled like blood, like the way it smells on Eid during the sacrifice. After the initial shock of it, my uncle snapped to it and spurred the workers on and the tree was removed in what felt like an almost irreverently short period of time. The pond was backfilled within a few days and less than a month later, a new house was built for my uncle. But my uncle would never step foot in his new house. It was finished the day before his wedding and he refused to enter it without his new bride. On the day of his wedding, he snuck out to the market to buy some last minute supplies. He was on his motorcycle riding from the market to his wedding ceremony when a truck hauling fresh cut timbers of all things lost control and hit him head on. He didn't make it to the hospital. My uncle was the first one to die after the tree was cut, but he was not the last. Every year, the month the tree was cut, one of my family members has died. My sister was next. She died from the flu. My aunt was the next year. Yeah, she died from a stroke. And then my mother from a rare form of cancer. My cousin drowned. 
One by one, my family members die each year. Even those associated with us through marriage have not been spared. I learned later that the tree that we had cut was a historical hub for a sacred Hindu ritual, Charak Puja, and it's a folk festival held to honor the god Shiva, a festival that takes place at midnight. During the festival, in our village, two people, a man and a woman, would be hung from the tree with hooks in their backs, like giant fish hooks. Last week, on the anniversary of the tree's death, um, I keep it in my eye cal, um, my father passed away. The doctors said it looked like he died as peacefully as he could for a man who had a heart attack in his sleep. I've never shared this story with anyone, and mostly because I've always been afraid that, you know, I would be provoking the angry spirit of the tree and it would notice me next and take me next kill me next, but I no longer have anything to be afraid of uh, because I am writing this story from my grandfather's study and I am certain that this is my last year on earth. My father and I were the last living members of our family until he was taken from me, so I've less than a year to live. There it is. You know, and uh, my only comfort is that, uh, well, number one, my father didn't have to see all of his children die before he passed. And number two is the knowledge that soon this curse will die with me. Hey folks, thank you so much for listening to our first episode. We hope you got the chills. Um, if you liked today's story and you're a fan of the format, then we highly encourage you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And yes, that includes YouTube. To keep on top of all the latest Are We Scared Yet news, you can follow us on Instagram. If you can't wait until the next episode and you need a fix of the spook right now, then you could also check out some of our favorite paranormal podcasts, Full Body Chills, Scared to Death, and Ghosts in the Burbs. If you've never heard of them, then you will not be disappointed. We'll be back soon with another bone-chilling story, but in the meantime, do yourself a favor and stay scared.